0: The meeting is now being recorded. So, whenever you're ready, Sherwan.
1: Oh, okay. I call this meeting to order a Hey,
2: Good evening. This is a meeting of the San Francisco Commission on the Environment Operations Committee. The time is 5.06 PM. Please note that the ringing of cell phones, pagers, and similar devices can still happen virtually and is still prohibited. Please set your device to silent. Due to the COVID-19 health emergency and to protect commissioners, department staff, and members of the public, the meeting room of the Commission on the Environment Operations Committee is closed. However, commissioners and department staff will participate in tonight's meeting remotely. Commissioners will attend the meeting through video conference or by telephone if the video fails and participate in the meeting to the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on this agenda. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to speak. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available via phone by calling one 655 0001 and entering access code 2492-384-6165 when connected dial star 3 to be added to the queue best practices are to call from a quiet location speak clearly and slowly and turn down any other devices alternatively you may submit public comment by email to the department's commission At environment at sfgov.org. Comments submitted via email will be forwarded to the commissioners and will be included as part of the official file. I will now read the land acknowledgement. The Commission on the Environment Operations Committee acknowledges that we occupy the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. We honor the Ramatush Ohlone peoples for their enduring commitment to steward Wavre. Mother Earth. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatish community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. This concludes the land acknowledgement. I will now call the roll. Commissioner Wan? Here. Commissioner Hunter is excused. Commissioner Stevenson? Here. Chair Wan, we have a quorum.
3: Wonderful. Next item, please.
2: The next item is Item 2, review and vote on whether to approve resolution file 2023-01-COE-OC, resolution-making findings to allow teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. The speaker is Kyle Weiner, Commission Affairs Officer. The explanatory document is resolution file 2023-01-COE-OC. This item is for discussion and action. The committee will consider adoption of a resolution-making findings that newly enacted government code section 54953E requires in order to allow the committee to hold meetings remotely as currently required under local law without complying with certain ground act requirements.
4: So moved. Thank
3: you. Uh, I think I heard Commissioner Stevenson already approved. I'll second. So I guess we have a motion by Commissioner Stevenson and a second by myself. And
1: let's open up for public comment for this item.
0: Thank you, Chair Just one moment while we open it up to public comment. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial three to be added to the
2: queue. For those already on a hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak.
0: And I'll pause for a moment while the access code and password are displayed on the screen. I see no callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed.
1: Great Kyle, please call the roll. Commissioner Wan. Aye.
2: Commissioner Hunter is excused. Commissioner Stevenson.
1: Aye.
2: Motion passes.
1: Thanks.
3: Uh, next item, please.
2: Right, the next item is item three, approval of minutes of the October 19th, 2022 Commission on the Environment Operations Committee meeting. Explanatory document is the October 19th, 2022 meeting draft minutes. It's item is for discussion and action.
1: Great, Commissioner. The minutes. Thank you.
3: Second by myself. So we have a motion by Commissioner Stevenson and second by myself. And uh, there's no further discussion. So we can open up for public comment.
2: Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star three to be added to the queue. For those already on holding the queue, please
0: continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no calls in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed.
1: Great, Kyle. Please call the roll.
2: Commissioner Wan, aye. Commissioner Hunter is excused. Commissioner Stevenson, aye. The motion passes.
3: Great. Next item, please.
2: Great. The next item is item four: general public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are
0: within the committee's jurisdiction and are not on today's agenda. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this
2: item should now press star three to be added to the speaker queue. For those already on hold in the queue,
0: please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed. Uh, uh, Thank
3: you. Can we propose to also move the item number 7, the presentation of the SFU website uh, prior to the next presentation on the budget? We might require longer
1: discussion.
2: Yes, Commissioner. So jumping ahead, the next item is item 7. Just one moment. Item seven is update on the Environment Department website. The sponsor is Jennifer Sang, Outreach Program Acting Manager. The speaker is Steve Wilson, Web Experience and
0: Strategy Coordinator. This item is for discussion.
5: Good evening, Commissioners. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> um, uh, one of the outreach program's priorities for the next fiscal year is to modernize the department's website. Stephen Wilson, SFE's web coordinator, is joining us to provide a high-level overview for the website project plan. Over to you, Stephen.
2: Thank you,
6: Jennifer. Um, do you have slides to share, Kyle? Thank you. Great, Uh, as Jennifer and Kyle mentioned, my name is Stephen Wilson. Good evening, commissioners, and I am the department's web experience and strategy coordinator. And today, I'm just going to walk you through a very high level presentation of our plans to overhaul our flagship website this year. Uh, That's the sfenvironment.org website. Uh, Next slide, please. So 2012, that was the last uh, time we overhauled our website. And what you're looking at on the screen now is a screenshot of our homepage from 2012. And our website today more or less looks the same. We've we've let the green go, but uh, the basic structure is still in place on our website today. A lot has changed since 2012, mainly more than 60% of the folks accessing our site are doing so from a mobile device now. Um, and more broadly, as you all can probably guess, uh, user expectations have also shifted. And that people are really um, have an expectation to have a a same experience on their desktop, laptop, or or on their phone. Um, And so the department wants to adapt to that expectation. Um, So that's why we think the overhaul is is a good time to take place. Now, Um, as in addition to adapting, we also want to position ourselves uh, to be in a better place for uh, changing standards in the future. So we don't find ourselves in an overhaul situation every few years. Uh, next slide please. So this is our our overarching goal for the overhaul project. We want to make it. We want to focus on our users and we want to make it extremely easy for San Francisco. Residents, businesses and community groups to find. Uh, the resources and services uh, that we provide, we want we want. Those resources to be easy to find online, so they can take action offline. Uh, Next slide please. And here are some of the uh, measurable benefits that we'll be measuring after the overhaul is in place. Uh, We'll be using analytics software to measure engagement uh, on the site to make sure that the overhaul is actually benefiting the people of San Francisco and optimize as needed. Uh, Next slide, please, Cole. So here's some of the key objectives. And another way to think about this slide are, are the goalposts uh, as we move out through the different phases of the project, um, I mentioned earlier, but 1st, we want to focus on the user. Uh, that means the the actual people visiting our website. Um, we want to be able to better optimize the features on our site based on the data they're providing from their visit. Um, so, we don't need to do overhauls again. We can just iterate features uh, upon features uh, in smaller doses. Um, next, we want to. Um, drastically change the information architecture on our site or the way information is arranged and accessed from the home page of our site. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, we want to make things very easy to locate from the home page in a comprehensive way and not ask users to over rely on the search function after they're on our site. Um, And finally, we want to improve accessibility. Accessibility standards have have greatly improved since 2012 and we want to meet that standard. Um, In addition, we also want to meet uh, the City's Language Access Ordinance Standard, uh, which requires that all vital information on our website be available in English, Spanish, traditional Chinese, and Filipino. Uh, next slide, please, Kyle. So here's a glance at the phases of of the overhaul project. There will there will be six distinct phases, um, and we've-so we've broken out the project into six phases that should be completed within this calendar year. Uh, we've allocated $200,000 for the, as a budget for this project, um, and we've built in stakeholder review and feedback during certain key phases. Um, you can look at the phases here, but the first one is research, second is design, third is development. That's where we'll actually be doing uh, the coding and the technological um, foundation for the new website. Phase four is the quality assurance where we'll be testing all that technology. Phase 5 is change management, where we'll come up with documentation and I'll lead trainings for staff on how to use the new website. And phase 6 finally is final acceptance and launch. Uh, Next slide, please, Uh, and that that's it. That's that's all I have for today. And this is just the beginning. I'll continue to provide uh, status updates to commissioners as this project progresses. Thank you so much.
3: Uh, thank you for your presentation. Uh, there's a slide that you talk about the 6 different phase. Is there any like timeline on there? Or is it depends on how it goes?
6: Well, we'll start this month. We, we just had the purchase order open, um, recently. And, um. It won't be the same time allotted for each phase, like the development phase will will probably take the longest. Um, the design phase will probably take a long time. Um but to answer your question, it it won't it, it'll just go in that order, but there aren't a, a set uh timeline for each phase. So,
3: which I assume that you will update us later upon the like possible timeline that we'll see a new website or, or yes yes, response. yes,
6: Yeah, certainly as we get closer, um I'll update you. Um there some of the phases will overlap, um, and I'll provide updates to for that as well.
1: Uh, it seems
3: quite technical to me, so Commissioner Stevenson might know better than I do. <laughs> so I'll pass on to you. Commissioner Stevenson.
4: Hey, that was thanks for the presentation. And I'm excited to see that we're gonna do this work because it absolutely floored me when you said it was twenty twelve when we last did it. So yeah, we gotta do it. I'm glad we're gonna update it. Um it's time. Yeah, it's time. It's an exciting project. And I like the focus on accessibility. I do think that that's one of the things that I feel like has gotten so much better um, in the last handful of years. I just went through a very large website redesign almost a year ago. We launched in February. And um, there were just a lot of things that I learned in that process because I hadn't done it in so many years. And there, were, you know, I certainly think that we can all get a lot better at making sure that everybody has access to information. Um, one of the things that came out during my participation in that project was, um a really strong knowledge and understanding which doesn't really work for my like straight middle of the road gen x life (laughs) life in the way that i absorb information but that something like 72 percent of people surveyed digital users surveyed said that they would rather absorb information about something via video than read it and so i'm hopeful that the the process that you guys go through especially in that sort of like level one i'm not saying to lead people to it but like as we're gleaning information from folks about what they're what they're wanting that we're um addressing some of that sort of like new content needs as well and then i think as a department we're going to have to think about what does it mean if we have to provide video right for people to understand and absorb things because that's a whole other level of funding and content creation as opposed to you know throwing some text on a page so um, I just want to throw that out there as something that really shocked me as I just went through the, the process that I went through last year.
6: Thank you for sharing.
7: Yes, Jennifer?
5: Yeah, um I just wanted to add that we have done some user research, um, insight research. Before we opened up this PO uh, to start on this work, and we will continue to do that research uh, as we know things continue to change. So that will largely inform how we make decisions. And as Steven mentioned, we will keep you informed throughout the process. We won't just show up a year from now um, when we estimate that the um, website should be completed. Um, We will keep you. Kind of in step with us to get your feedback similar to what we did with the brand refresh Um, and so we actually do have kind of a loose timeline. So that's why we're estimating um, about the calendar year for the completion of the website. Um, However, we know sometimes. Things change, um, and a lot of that depends on feedback and um, what's going on in the world. So our estimation is for about the next, uh, this calendar year. um, But again, we'll keep you posted as things progress. I have 1 more
4: question Um, is just this is a process question does meaning that if we've opened the PO, does that mean that we haven't yet released an RFP for agencies?
6: Uh, for the we're owners. actually already in
0: contract within agency already. So the PO is
6: is
8: how we Let's actually initiate
6: down. the, the okay.
4: work
8: so they can invoice us. Great,
4: okay, that's good. We're already there. Look forward to it.
3: I'm thinking about the video option. You mean like TikTok thirty seconds? But <laughs> that's what my YouTube. <laughs> <hope is. laughs>
4: 30 seconds. It very much blew my mind because like, if I want information, like I just sort of want it in a list and I want to read it and I don't want to do it that way. And it was very consistent across all these different research studies that, especially, you know, folks that are younger than I am, um, they would rather absorb the information from a video, whether it was a recipe or like technical detail on how to do something. I thought that was, it was insightful to me anyway. Yeah,
3: uh, I think also our con- constituents here is actually very broad. So. It could be quite challenging, but yeah. great point. Uh, any other discussion, Commissioner Stevenson? Great. I think we
1: can move on to public comment, but thanks for presentation though.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Just one moment. And members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star 3 to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And seeing no callers in the queue, public comment on this item is closed. Thank you. Thank you for
3: the presentation. I think we'll jump back to item
2: number five. Thank you, Commissioner. Item five is presentation to consider the department's budget and priorities and vote to recommend that the Commission on the Environment approve the proposed Environment Department fiscal year 2023-24 budget. The sponsor is Tyrone Xu, Acting Director. The speakers are Joe Salem, Finance Program Manager. Cindy Comerford, Climate Program Manager. Paul Chu, Energy Program Acting Manager. Choba Iyer, Toxics Reduction and Healthy Ecosystems, Program Acting Manager. Jack Macy, Zero Waste Program Manager. And Jennifer Sang, Outreach Program Acting Manager. The explanatory document is the draft Environment Department Fiscal Year 2023-24 Budget PowerPoint. This item is for discussion and possible action.
9: Thanks, Kyle.
8: Uh, I'll introduce the item and I'll be turning it over to uh, Joe to begin the presentation Uh, so if we can bring up the the slides. So what you're going to hear today is uh, an overview of our proposed budget that we uh, want to get feedback on and submit into the mayor's office for that budget submission process, which we'll go over. This is the first of two meetings. Two hearings to be heard on this budget. So, the first is this operations committee meeting. Second will be the full commission meeting uh, next month. We've changed things a little bit around as far as uh, what you've traditionally heard from your budget. And so, as you've heard, we're going to have a, a long list of, of speakers. And I've asked each of the program managers to come up and present on each of their priorities for their program areas. And then also uh, to tie that to their budgets and the positions they're asking for. To allow for kind of discussion from the commission and to hear feedback on each program area and for you to be able to ask
9: questions. So if we go to the next slide. So, we'll 1st, start off with an overview of the mayor's budget instructions and
8: the overall budget process and the timelines associated with the uh, budget process. And we'll go into uh, each of the program areas where each of the program managers will talk about their program priorities. And then tie that to the budget, which Joe will go over after each program discussion. Third, uh, we'll cover the additional ask that we intend to make during this budget process to fund the implementation of our climate action program. And the 4th, we'll do a roll up over everything uh, into a a larger budget summary. And then finally, of course, we'll have any additional questions that might come up. Uh, And so just keep in mind, we plan to take a break after each program area to give the commission a chance to ask
0: questions about to those topic areas turn it over to jonah There we go uh, thank you Ty. uh good evening commissioners uh, my name is joe salem i'm
10: the budget manager for the san francisco environment department uh, before i get started with this presentation i wanted to mention a couple of items related to the budget we're going to be reviewing this evening Uh, The first is that this is a draft budget and as such we expect that there will be many changes between now the time that we submit it to the mayor's office on february 21st Uh, the second is that we will be focusing on the fiscal 2024 budget in this presentation while it's mandated that we submit a two-year budget it's really impossible for us to know this far out what our grant funding is going to look like for fiscal 2025 unless we don't feel we can provide an accurate assessment of that fiscal year at this time. So while we'll briefly go over the fiscal 2025 budget in this presentation, I uh, will be focusing our attention on fiscal 2024. Uh, so as Ty mentioned, this presentation is going to be a little different um, than the Operations Committee draft budget presentations we've historically given. Uh, In prior years, we focused almost exclusively on the fiscal side of the budgeting process, but in this presentation, we will be focusing more on the department and program priorities for fiscal 2024. Uh, We're making this change to better align with ordinance number 294-19, which requires departments to hold two separate meetings, with the first focusing on department's budget priorities and the second focusing on the budget submission itself. Um, the goal in using this structure is to allow public input into, this, into City Department's budgeting priorities, and not just the numbers behind those priorities. Uh, in our case, this ordinance requires us um, to have uh, to hold two meetings at least uh, 15 days apart, uh, with the Commission approving the draft budget request at the second meeting.
7: Uh, Next slide, please. While there must
10: be at least 15 days separating the two meetings, both of these meetings must be held by February 14th. Uh, We'll then finalize and submit the department's budget request to the mayor's office and the controller's office on February 21st. Uh, Once submitted, the controller's office will review and forward our budget along with every city department's budget requests uh, to the mayor's office by March 1st. The mayor's office will then review and submit the city's proposed budget to the board of supervisors on May 1st. Uh, the board will then hold hearings in June, as uh, and the budget will be adopted as of July 1st, 2023. Uh, excuse me,
7: 2022. <laughs> no, 23. I'm sorry. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I, I even miswritten that. The next slide, please.
10: So, uh, the current the city's currently projecting a combined seven hundred and twenty eight million dollar general fund deficit for fiscal years twenty twenty four and twenty five. Uh, this is a significant deficit. Uh, we We haven't seen a deficit this large uh, since the days of the great recession in in two thousand and eight. Uh, as a result of these large projected deficits, the mayor's office, The Mayor's Budget Office is requiring general fund departments to reduce ongoing expenditures by 5% in fiscal 23 24, with a further reduction of 3% in fiscal 24 25, for a total of 8% over the two fiscal years. The Mayor's Budget Office is currently, or excuse me, is further instructing all departments to prioritize filling vacancies in core service areas and utilizing remaining vacancies for budget savings. Departments are also being asked to consider other important mayoral priorities, like the city's racial equity goals in their budget planning. Uh, Next
7: slide, please. Uh,
10: Historically, the San Francisco environment department has not received any continuing general fund support. So instructions for departments like ours is to absorb all increases in budgeted expenditures in the fiscal years. For fiscal 2024, uh, the department does receive a small general fund allotment of uh, about $329,000. So we will be required to reduce that ongoing support by 5% or about $16,000 in fiscal 2024, with an additional reduction of 3% uh, or about
0: $10,000 in fiscal 2025. Next slide, please. So while we'll
7: be
10: taking a more detailed look at each program budget in the following slides, I wanted to show you a quick big picture of what our budget currently looks like for the next fiscal year. Uh, some of you, some of you may know, um, the San Francisco Environment Department has both an annual appropriation ordinance or AAO budget and an annual operating budget. The AAO budget request is what we deliver to the mayor's office on February 21st. Um, But the operating budget is a more comprehensive representation of the department's spending plan. Essentially, our operating budget takes into account the department's entire current projection of sources and uses in any given fiscal year, whereas the AAO budget only captures new funding sources and uses that we are requesting for a given fiscal year. Because of this, um, you know, when we receive mid and or multi-year funding, uh, those sources tend not to be reflected in the AAO budget request, even though we are spending against them in those fiscal years. So in line of this, I'm going to discuss our operating budget this evening, as I feel it's the best way to provide the most comprehensive and thorough view of our budget process and our spending plan for fiscal 2024. And that brings us to the current slide here. Um, This slide shows side-by-side our draft AAO proposal and our current operational budget proposal. As you can see here, uh, there's a large variance between what we're proposing in new funding, which is the annual appropriation side on the left, and what we are currently expecting in operational funding for the next fiscal year. Uh, Nor is this variance greater illustrated than in the grant revenue row, Uh, We currently expect to request about $4.6 million in our AAO submission to the Mayor's Office, but we expect to recognize over $8.5 million in operating revenue from grant sources in fiscal 2024. Uh, Side-by-side comparison you see is really just for illustrative purposes. It's designed to hopefully show the magnitude of the variances and why we feel it's important to review our total operating budget as opposed to just our AAO budget request. Um, turning to that operating budget, you can see we currently have a large projected deficit for fiscal 2024. Um, the, the vast majority of this $1.67 million deficit, about $1.54 million, is directly tied to a one-time add-back uh, funding that we received for the current fiscal year that we have not yet secured for fiscal 23-24. Um, the remainder of the deficit of our deficit is mostly tied to cost increases um, for personnel, cost of living, adjustments, COLAs, and things like that. Uh, next slide, please.
7: For the current fiscal year,
10: 2022 we received a one-time ad back from the Board of Supervisors for $2.6 million to work around climate and clean transportation projects. Uh, this ad back funded positions that For Fiscal 23-24, equals 6.15 FTEs and represents a cost to the Department of approximately 1.54 million. Uh, As I mentioned, the funds for these FTEs are not secured at the present time, and thus they're being represented as deficits in our draft budget. Uh, The Acting Director, excuse me, Acting Director Ju will speak more about this
7: later in the presentation. Uh, Next slide, please.
10: Uh, As I mentioned earlier, we are required to submit a two-year budget request uh, each year, but because of the nature of our funding and our heavy reliance on grant revenue, it's incredibly difficult to accurately forecast a budget for the second fiscal year of our submissions. Uh, As you can see here, Fiscal 2025's uh, budget deficit stands today at a massive (laughs) $2.9 million, which is more than 1.2 million more than our current uh, 2024 deficit. This is primarily because several grants that are active in 2024 will conclude before uh, fiscal 2025. So while we have every confidence that we will you know, secure new grants or other funding sources to cover this gap by the time we submit our fiscal 2024-25-25-26 budget next year, um, you know those grants or other sources uh, you know, have not even been identified yet, much less applied for or awarded. It's for this reason that we focus primarily on the next fiscal year uh, in these presentations. It's, we simply don't have enough information to give an accurate picture of our budget uh, two years out. And with that, I will turn it over to
0: uh, Acting Director Ju. Oh, no, I won't. I will <laughs> turn it over to the climate team.
11: right the first time
8: joe
0: uh so before first you turn it over to the the
9: climate team uh, i'm going to go over just a couple of the the budget priorities uh, from vantage point next slide please so what you
8: see here uh, is something that was displayed at the last full commission meeting which is uh, how the department is organized and so each of the program areas of which you will be hearing from uh, individually and respectively as well as
9: the admin team, uh, which will also be giving a presentation on their budget as well. Next slide. The priorities I've kind of set forth from um, my position uh, one, which we're going to talk a lot about,
8: which is around securing the existing funds to make sure that we can retain staff and the existing level of service for CAP implementation. As well as requests for new resources uh, for the department uh, in terms of implementing the climate action plan. Uh, the second priority is around uh, reorganization, hiring, planning, and process improvements that are underway right now within the department. Third, you'll we'll hear about the diff- different climate policies and initiatives from all the various programs. And the fourth, uh, we've been doing a lot of work over the last few months implementing our department's racial equity action plan. So, these 4 kind of serve as the backbone of what you'll be hearing a lot from
9: uh, from each respective program. So, with that, I'll turn it over to Cindy to start with the uh,
12: climate program budget. Great. Good evening, commissioners. Again, my name is Cindy Comerford. I'm the climate program manager and I am going to be giving an overview of the climate program. We can go to the next slide please. So, the climate program is actually a compilation of 3 different teams. Climate action, green building and environmental justice that all work collaboratively with other city departments, CBOs, which are community based organizations, professional organizations, businesses, residents, and many other stakeholders to reduce carbon emissions. And other harmful impacts to the environment through an environmental justice lens. And if we go to the next slide, we can see how the program is organized. Here's the org chart. There is a total of 16 positions in the climate program. We currently have 4 vacancies. Uh, 2 of the vacancies are within existing positions and the other 2 are from our ad back from last year. We are currently in the process of hiring 2 positions and we plan to have the other 2 positions posted in February. If we go to the next slide. Um, this slide documents the array of funding sources that the climate team has there's 9 in total. Uh, the 1st, 1 is the general fund uh, as we heard in the last couple of years. Our program has received general fund dollars through the board of supervisors add back process, um, but the program has very little continuing um, general fund. Money. We also receive uh, refuse impound money, which is our most stable source of funding, but it's also really restricted to activities that have a nexus waste. We receive many work orders from different departments. So DBI is the Department of Building Inspections, MOHCD is the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, PUC, our Public Utility Commission, and SFO, which is our airport. Um, We also receive funding from different grants Right now, we have money from Bayran, which is the Regional Energy Network, CNCA, which is our Carbon Neutral City Alliance, and DPR, which is the state's Department of Pesticide Regulation. Um, So each person on the climate team has multiple funding sources, which adds to the complexity of our budget. Some of the constraints are our reliance on work orders and grants, and also the uncertainty of the general fund allocation moving forward. Next slide. So, I'm going to review the top priorities for the climate team for the upcoming year. And the first three are specific to our climate action team, but are really overarching to our program, to the department, and also to the city. So, the first is to implement and track the CAP, which is the Climate Action Plan, in partnership with the private sector, government agencies, policymakers, and CBOs. As you know, uh, the climate team facilitated the development of the climate action plan in 2021. And now we're really working on monitoring and evaluating our progress. As said earlier, we really need to secure long term funding for the climate program and also for cap implementation. We're also really working hard to conduct outreach and marketing to drive awareness and engagement. um, For stakeholders in climate action. So next, we're going to move to some of the priorities of the green building team and the green building team has a large focus on developing building decarbonization programs and policies. Buildings are a large part of our city's emissions and a lot of the growth within our climate team is going to be centered on how we equitably eliminate emissions from our building stock. And if we can go to the next slide, the green building team is also working to administer San Francisco's green building code. And the municipal green building requirements, and also is working to reduce waste and minimize um, and maximize reuse from building products and processes. And the last two priorities include some of the work from our environmental justice team, which is really cross-sector in nature and works with diverse teams and city departments uh, to provide affordable housing programs to improve the quality of life through IPM, integrated pest management, and also building decarbonization. And last, we're collaboratively working as a team to facilitate the new Climate Equity Hub, which has a goal to advance justice by supporting homeowners and renters and construction workers in San Francisco to transition to an all electric uh, buildings. And lastly, we wanna continue to deepen our relationships with CBOs uh, through our environmental justice program. And we're really looking to expand our environmental justice program this year. So I'm going to turn it back to Joe to talk about the budget details for the climate program. Thank
7: you.
10: Thank um, you. I'd like to point out, actually, as we go through the individual program budgets, um, you know, some of them, some of the variances are going to look really striking. But as you'll see in the summary roll-up towards the end of the presentation, the overall <clears throat> changes are, are pretty modest. Uh, what you're seeing in these variances largely reflects um, our attempt to accurately capture where time and resources are being utilized at the inter-program level. Um, so, in, in the climate budget is actually a great example of this. Um, we see very large decreases in the non-personnel services budget and very large increases for personnel and green building. And this is because of the ending of the one-time add funding, as well as FTEs moving from one cost center to another to better reflect the work that they're doing. Um, we're currently showing a deficit in climate of about 1.2 million dollars and that is largely due to the ending of the ad back revenue. Uh, I would also actually like to point out uh, on this, that the fiscal 2022 23 FTE count for green building is incorrect and it should actually be 4.1 to ftes in that year that was my error and i'll i'll uh, correct that um uh, after this presentation um so we want to give commissioners um an opportunity to to ask any questions they may have uh, for each um, uh, program that we discussed this evening either on the budget side or on the priorities side uh, so at this
7: time
0: if any commissioners have any questions
1: I actually, uh, Commissioner Stephenson, I actually got a chance to
3: meet with the department staff prior to the operation committees meeting, So a lot of my question has been addressed. So I'd like to see if you have any questions that you would like to bring up.
4: Yeah, thanks. I do. Um, I just want to say, I really like the format of this. I like getting to dive into the priorities. I think this is great. Um. And I have kind of some general questions more than I would say climate focused questions. Um. At the beginning, Joe, you said that the 1 of the things that we were supposed to take into consideration was the mayor's priorities in the budget. What are the mayor's priorities in the budget? Do we have does she have any climate or environmental priorities as as things that she has highlighted as wanting in the budget?
10: You know, the, the, the only ones that were stated were the ones I mentioned in the, um, in the briefing, I can certainly see if a more comprehensive, um list of priorities from the mayor exists, um, but uh, I, I'm afraid I don't have anything more than what uh, that, that I received at the time currently. Okay. I
4: have two other general questions that you probably have the answers to. One is, you mentioned cost of living adjustments. Is the city, like, are we overall taking care of our employees with regard to things like increased inflation and cost of living, or and so is that already in this budget, or is that something that's separate?
10: Well, this budget reflects the the uh, the union MOUs that are currently in force uh, for the current fiscal year and next fiscal year, which, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, had a cola increase for the current fiscal year of five point two five percent, and then there are two more increases. One that's going to happen in July uh, first of I believe
7: two
10: point two five, and then another in January of, uh, gosh, roughly the same amount, maybe 2.5%, total of about 10% over the two years, um, this current fiscal year and next fiscal year. Those are the only increases that that are factored into this in terms of any okay. other issue or extraneous issue. All
4: right, that's helpful. And then what happens, You know, I know that it takes time to get a, a job description up and then it takes time to hire people and we had this add back money that came in. If we had ad back money that came in for last fiscal and let's say we're two months late or four months late in hiring somebody, what happens to that money? Do we get to keep that money? Does it roll over? Like what happens or do we just lose it?
10: So uh, first I'd like to say that we, we did um, try uh, when we were requesting the funds uh, to to uh, accurately reflect how the hiring process went to go. But of course, That never holds, and and then we will, we do expect to recognize um, some salary savings from the positions that were, um, uh, you know, allotted to us through that, that add back Um, the. The funding is annual. So while the, um, while the, the, the funding is there in this fiscal year, it will not automatically. Go into the next fiscal year, because we don't the fund that those those um, dollars are in is is annual. We can request for funds to move forward. But when it comes to salary, we've been told that we cannot. Carry forward salary budgets. It's it's just not something that, that can be done. Now, the revenue behind those budgets. We may be able to carry that forward, but again, it's an annual fund, and it's going to be uh, a function of requesting what's called a manual carry forward. And it's a really difficult thing to do when it, when it, when it, when salaries are um, a part of that mix, and it's requires, um, uh, it requires it's an evolved process it's but but what i can tell you is that the the budget side will not carry forward so even if we had even if we could move some of the revenue um it it, yeah it won't translate without the budget funding there
4: okay and then um,
10: appropriation
4: all right and then just for clarity when we had the commission meeting and we had sort of a preview of the budget in the last full commission meeting there was a conversation about an increased Ask from the general fund, and then the mayor's directive comes out that we need to actually decrease general fund requests. And what I see in, I think what you showed at 1st, it looked like we needed to decrease that 16,000 or whatever it was. Um, does that mean then that the idea of asking for more has just been thrown out the window?
10: Uh, I, I believe uh, uh, acting director, Jew could
8: probably better
10: um, discuss that that side of it.
8: Uh, yeah, we're going to be going over the uh, additional ask uh, a little bit later in the presentation, uh, but what you see reflected in each of the budgets. Um, is basically the baseline for if. For the deficit that's shown from the, the salary that's missing for the staff. So that's what you're seeing reflected in the programs right now. As not all encompassing of our
9: overall ask that we still plan to make. As part of this budget process
4: very helpful. Thank you. Okay.
0: I'm done. Sorry. Great questions. I think we can continue, right?
9: Okay,
13: thanks, Joe, um, and thanks, Cindy. Um, Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, I'm Lowell Chu. I am uh, the Interim Energy Program Manager, Um, and so I am um, working on the Clean Transportation Program and the Energy Efficiency Program, but not for long. We have joining us tonight um, a newest colleague, Hannah Truen Hannah, if you can um, come on audio and video, Um, it's like to briefly introduce Hannah, who will be leading the clean transportation program um, um, moving forward and we'll be going through a a transitional phase. Hannah
14: Thanks, Lowell. Uh, I hope you guys can hear me. Um, So, good evening, Commissioners. Uh, As Lowell mentioned, I'm Hannah Truen. I've just joined the Department of the Environment as the uh, new clean transportation program manager. Um, I come from a background in utilities consulting, say, local government um, in California, included um, in clean energy project development, um, and I'm hoping to bring some experience I've had in city EV policy and fleet electrification projects to this role. Um, just started last week, so getting up to speed on all the great work Lowell and the team have been doing. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to working with, with everyone uh, to achieve the clean transportation priorities, but I'll, I'll hand it back to Lowell to go over those in more detail for this meeting. Good to meet you.
13: Thank you, Hannah. Um And uh, next slide, please. So the clean transportation, this slide highlights um, the general overview of the program. Um, the program develops funding proposals and implements grants and policies that advance sustainable transportation strategies within the Climate Action Plan, the citywide electric vehicle roadmap, And in coordination with stakeholders, including other departments, agencies, and also community based organizations. Next slide, please. And here's the org chart. So you can see that Hannah um, is is going to be the manager and there will be three full time staffs um, working with her, Nicole, Anna, and there will be a 5642 senior transportation specialist who will be working exclusively on one of our grants that I'll go into a little bit later. Next slide, please. So this slide highlights um, the diverse streams of funding that the Clean Transportation Program has. So as I mentioned, um, you know, there are a lot of grants that we're currently administering and implementing, um, one of which is foundational to the program is the one from the Department of Energy, also known as Clean Cities Coalition. Uh, We've had that grant for as Long as um, I've been in the department and probably uh, much longer than that before. And I also mentioned that um, there are some state grants we're currently implementing. They're both from the California Energy Commission. One is to develop a uh, plan to electrify medium heavy-duty trucks with appropriate charging infrastructure. And the other is the $2.4 million light-duty implementation grant and the senior clean transportation specialists will be charged with helping Hannah and the team implement that grant primarily so outside of grants we have work orders we have work orders from our um mta and the puc and as joe mentioned at the beginning of the presentation uh we have a a position Hannah's position is funded by the general fund so the constraints are all um, pretty much related to the funding sources, uh, continued reliance on work orders, grants, and there's expected to be about a $64,000 deficit um, in the next fiscal. Next slide, please. So our program's priorities. So one of the things we would like to do this year is to evaluate and update the interim goals and strategies of the 2019, 2019 Citywide EV Roadmap. Um, and Related to our funding, we want to do a great job implementing our California Energy Commission grants as well as strengthening our um, Department of Energy grant program, Clean Cities Coalition. Relatedly, we want to identify and secure additional state and federal grants. And we would like to focus on developing in-house expertise to increase collaboration amongst ourselves as well as our stakeholders and expand coverage of clean transportation topics and policies. Next slide, please. Now I'm gonna turn the mic back to Joe to go over the clean transportation program budget. Joe.
10: Thank you, uh So the clean transportation budget, uh, while changing by 9% overall, is changing by less than $100,000 uh, in, in aggregate. Uh, I think the interesting thing here is that you see that the, the uh, salary budget is, is reducing uh, from the current fiscal year while the FTE count is actually increasing. And that is a, the result of a change in the mix of classifications that are funded by claims transportation in the next fiscal year, as well as a decrease in fringe costs across the board that's about 8% um so it looks a little unusual but uh that uh a reason for that uh clean transportation currently has a deficit of about sixty thousand dollars uh which again is the result of uh, the ending of the add-back funding uh now i'd like to give uh commissioners a chance to to ask any questions they might have on the priorities or the budget
0: Uh, Commissioner Stevenson,
7: do you have any
4: question? I have one quick one. Um, I saw that in the org chart, the three full-time employees under Hannah listed are were um under electric vehicles. Does biking and um you know improving other modes of transportation does that also fall in their remit?
13: Yeah, definitely. Great question, uh, Commissioner Stevenson. Yeah, when we say vehicles, we mean all types of vehicles, inclusive of bicycles, scooters. Cars and trucks, obviously, but yes. Great, thanks.
1: Thank you. I think we can move on.
0: Oh. Okay, um, great. Now, energy. Next slide, please.
13: So, the energy program um, our goal is to advance the climate action plan by designing and administering energy efficiency programs that provide climate protection while reducing costs and energy burdens for all of San Franciscans. Next slide, please. And here you see uh, the org chart, um, me working with uh, six other colleagues to implement this program. Next slide, please. So in terms of funding, um, very much like clean transportation, we are very much dependent on grants and work orders. So grants, uh, we are primarily funded by the Bay Area. Regional Energy Network, BayRen, and its suite of the diverse programs, as well as uh, we are starting a new partnership with Clean Power SF to help Clean Power SF launch its own new energy efficiency program. The work orders um, remain mostly the same as this year. We have the ones from the Public Utilities Commission and also the airport. The constraints, um, very much uh, tied to the funding streams grants and work order grants are um, they expire uh, and so we um, must do fundraising and continue to secure additional funding to backfill i think one surprising thing that uh, happened um, last year was we found out that pgne canceled a contract extension that would have enabled a partnership to continue into the next fiscal and beyond um, it was very much surprising It was very much disappointing, but um, that's something that uh, my team and I are working towards to backfilling for. Next slide, please. So our priorities for energy program um, is to save customers money by meeting um, electricity and natural gas savings goals. In doing that, we need a robust network of um, capable contractors to participate in the programs and as well as the energy efficiency industry-wide. We do that. Um, We also look for additional funding, state, federal, um, through engagement with stakeholders, including contractors, um, small businesses, um, and, uh, and other stakeholders. We are increasing project and fundraising coordination with Cindy's group. Um, including the Climate Equity Hub, and again, funding, 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 secure long-term funding for the energy program. Next slide, please. Okay, Joe, turn it back to you, please.
10: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So the energy budget is actually really stable uh, for the next fiscal year. They're showing a large increase in, um, you know, both expenditures and revenues mainly as a result of two BayREN grants that uh, are going to be active at the same time in fiscal 2024. Um, they're actually showing a slight increase, or actually a slight surplus uh, at this time. So their budget is actually very stable currently. Um, any questions?
1: Can you just
3: do a follow-up questions regarding the PG&E contract extension that has been, like again, can you give me a little bit of details about that? Sure,
13: Commissioner. Information? Yeah. Or
3: what type of services or partnership?
13: Yes. So um currently we are at the last year of a three year local government partnership with PGE. The program is called Energy Access SF. The goal of the program is to provide access to energy programs, PG&E's energy programs particularly in disadvantaged and low-income communities so baby hunters point um mission excelsior civic center soma that is um that program was expected to continue into the next fiscal in fact it was supposed to go extended into fiscal 24 25 and 26 but um pg had other plans um unfortunately and we were told that um very abruptly um but you know, um, I think that's that's where that's most that's the extent I can explain um, where we I are see. now.
3: Is that how we reflect on the budget that for the other city department? That's a 49% changes, um, compared to 2223.
10: Yeah, and that that's due to a shift in that PUC work order. Um, some of the funding from that work order went to a, uh a different program so i can't remember which one uh top of my head but uh some of that funding was um logged in in energy in the current fiscal year and that's being moved um uh, to low can you remember recall where that's being moved to on top of your head
13: yeah I, I think i believe that would be the, um the multi-family incentive program so initially there was some funding for us to do uh, energy efficiency work together, but I think it has been the PUC has moved it into its own budget for its own multifamily energy efficiency program. I see. I see.
3: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner
4: Stevenson. I just have one question. Um, the inflation reduction act, this probably is a question for both you and Cindy. Um. I know that it's got a lot of energy related incentives in there that are really like, you know, considered for an end, end user, if you will. Right? Like to you know change to a heat pump instead of, you know, a gas furnace um, are, is any of that funding available for us as a department? And are we, like, does any of it meet some of the needs that we have either for the energy program or the climate program outside of just facilitating those incentives for an end user?
13: yeah great thank you for that question commissioner stevens yeah so we are tracking the uh inflation reduction act programs very carefully so for example um some of the greenhouse gas reduction legislation are have been open for comments and we reacted to those calls for comments right We, we told for example the epa what our priorities are i think some of the energy efficiency related incentives are tied to tax credits and so um no you know, BayRen single family, for example, are going to be the facilitator for those types of retrofits and assisting with the tax credits. Um, but again, we'll continue monitoring it. There are programs being developed by the administrators um, currently, and so we will be um, trying to find areas where we can intercede and, and take advantage of.
4: So is it kind of safe to say that um, the, some of that funding could flow to us through things like our BayRen partnerships?
13: Absolutely, because yes. Some... Okay. Yes, that's
4: helpful. Thanks.
1: Thank you. Then I guess we'll pass it back to Joe. Thank you, Laura,
0: um, there we are. Hi,
14: everyone. Good evening. My name is Shoba and I'm the senior municipal toxics reduction coordinator and I'm also currently the acting program manager for the toxics reduction and healthy ecosystems team. Next slide please. Our toxics reduction program works to safeguard human health and the environment in San Francisco by safely managing hazardous waste and by reducing or avoiding the use of toxic chemicals. And we accomplish our work by implementing local policies, providing information, and we develop services for San Francisco residents, businesses, and municipal departments. And on our healthy ecosystem side, this program encompasses SFE's work in biodiversity, urban forestry, and ecological restoration. And this is the program that leads collaborations that create our biodiverse city. Next slide. Okay, so here you can see how our team is organized into our program areas. We've got commercial, residential, and municipal toxics reduction, as well as healthy ecosystems. We have 14.5 full-time employees, and currently we have three vacancies. One vacancy is the program manager position, and the hiring process is currently underway for this role. And there are two vacancies on my team, the municipal team, We just posted those job openings last week. Next slide, please.
1: About half of our program
14: budget comes from the Toxics Impound account, and the rest comes from a combination of work orders with other San Francisco municipal departments, from grants, from fees from the Safe Medicine Disposal Ordinance, and most recently, we received a bit of general fund money added back to our budget for healthy ecosystems and our constraints include our reliance on work orders and grants. Next slide, please. Okay, so on this slide and the next one, you'll be able to read our program priorities in the coming fiscal years. And I'll have time to walk you through our four key priorities today. So you'll see those on the slide here. A key priority in our residential toxics reduction area is to maintain opportunities for residents to recycle all types of batteries. And this includes integrating San Francisco's existing battery collection programs with new statewide programs in 2022 California legislation. And we're expecting that legislation to expand collection opportunities for large capacity lithium batteries generated by e-bike users and users of other electronic mobility devices. And this is a high priority area because these batteries have been involved in many solid waste facility and equipment fires. A key priority in our municipal toxics reduction area is to improve the data we collect on city purchases for the buy green program. And this is important for us to effectively implement the buy green ordinance. Our current process relies on city suppliers to share purchasing data with us, which we then need to obtain and review and clean and analyze. So we're continuing to work with the office of contract administration to identify tangible methods. For improving our data collection process using the city's procurement system. And a key priority in our commercial toxics reduction area is to certify 100 businesses annually in the green business program. This program aims to certify 40 of those businesses from historically underserved communities and communities of color. And to help achieve this goal, financial incentives will be offered in the form of rebates and prebate for businesses that seek green business certification. And we'll also continue providing grants for community-based organizations that have been helping us with recruitment of businesses in these neighborhoods. And as part of the Healthy Ecosystems chapter of the Climate Action Plan, a key priority is to green neighborhoods to restore ecosystems and protect biodiversity. And an important aspect of this is providing grants to incentivize community involvement. These efforts help connect San Franciscans to nature in the city. Next slide please. So, I don't have time to uh, go into each of these, but I'll leave this up for a few moments. You can take a quick read.
0: On these other priorities, and
14: then we can go over to the next slide for Joe.
10: Thank you, Shoma. Uh, so, the toxics reduction in healthy ecosystems budget is, is very stable overall, increasing uh, 2% year over year. Uh, we do see some large variances percentage-wise, but the do- but dollar-wise, the changes are, are mostly small. Um, we do see a large increase in non-personnel services and materials and supplies in the toxics reduction budget, Uh, And this is due to a new grant uh, to new grant funding in fiscal 2024. This budget is currently showing a deficit of 158,000, which again is due to the conclusion of the current year's add back funding. And we will happily take any
7: questions you have.
3: Thanks for the uh, explanation. I don't have much question on this. Uh, Commissioner Stevenson. Nope, I don't have any questions. Thank you.
10: Thank you. We can continue to roll. Back to you, Joe. Oh, so
0: thank you. Uh,
15: zero Waste. Yes. Good evening, Commissioners. Uh, I'm Jack Macy with the Zero Waste Program. I'm the Zero Waste Program Manager. My pleasure to join you tonight. Uh, the next slide, please. Uh, so the Zero Waste Program is really works to achieve the City's Zero Waste goal. That's ultimately zero to disposal, to landfill and cirration and particularly focusing on uh, our 2030 targets which are reducing generation by 15 percent and disposal by 50 percent by 2030. Through eliminating disposal uh, and through increasing waste prevention, reuse, recycling, and composting. The program implements state mandates, various state mandates, and numerous local ordinances including our mandatory recycling and composting, uh, refuse separation, compliance ordinance, uh, foodware and packaging reduction, and uh, our construction and demolition debris uh, ordinance as well. Next slide, please. So uh, here's the organizational chart. We are organized by audience sector, commercial, residential, and city government, and uh, kind of audience and sort of industry sector of construction and demolition debris. That's now its own standalone uh, sector and it now has the most staff. And we basically, uh, we will have 17 and a half FTE starting next fiscal year. We are filling two positions, one a Backfill to lead the commercial sector and another the new position to help with our bottle bank uh, program. Next slide, please. So, uh, our funding comes from numerous sources but primarily from the refuse impound account that is the large majority of our funding and it really covers uh, virtually all our activity and work except for the work in the construction and demolition debris sector our c and d sector has two sources of funding uh transporter permit fees and that was based on an ordinance that was passed about a year and a half ago, and they went into effect January 1st this year. So that's the majority of our c and funding, but we also have a work order from DBI that funds one and a half uh, positions, uh, all to comprehensively deal with that sector. We also have state grants, which we have often not had, but that is a more recent development for us. Uh, these are from CalRecycle, uh, and they include, um, funds to pay for, uh, reducing, uh, edible, uh, reducing food waste and recovering edible food. Uh, and they are, they tie into us having us in, comply with the comprehensive SB 1383, uh, organics legislation in California to get organics out of the landfill into, uh, beneficial uses. And we have a chunk of that going to compost, uh, procurement. We also have cigarette litter abatement fees listed here. They are really a pass through, and that dollar amount, why it shows up in our budget, we are passing that on uh, to the the tax collector and public works primarily that uses those funds to help pick up cigarette litter. So, we have so the, the constraints that we have primarily relate to the refuse impound account, as that's the majority of funding. We um, are uh, going to be having a new refuse rate. Uh, Process uh, based on the changes passed by Prop F on the June ballot. Uh, there's the controller is playing a new role with a refuse rate administrator, and there's a changed refuse rate board. That process will be starting soon for new rates effective October 2023. And there are you know some limited uses of the impound fees. I mean, there we use them extensively in the department, but there uh, needs to be s- some uh, nexus with with, uh, with solid waste and hazardous waste. So next slide please, just wanna to touch quickly on our key priorities. We, you know, basically they, they rely on implementing many of our key ordinances, that's in implementing and enforcing our C&D ordinance, uh, implementing uh, the state policy SB 1383 I referenced and our new mandatory edible food recovery ordinance and the grants that we are getting. Uh, for that, implementing our mandatory recycling, composting, and refuse separation ordinances. And we have a a robust grant program that we have funded numerous CBOs to help reduce refuse generation and increase recovery, providing numerous services for San Franciscans as well. Next slide, please. Uh, And then finally, you know, the other priorities include focusing on uh, reusable packaging, particularly foodware uh through developing a policy on that and continuing the assistance we provide businesses to switch to reusables as you see demonstrated in that nice photo Uh, we will have the refuse rate process that i mentioned we are going to be uh, involved in that uh helping complete that and implementing new rates and supporting a our bottle bank mobile crv program as well so those are our key priorities and now i want to hand it over in the next slide back to joe salem
10: Thank you, Jack. Uh, So, zero waste is uh, for the next fiscal year. um, They are seeing a significant increase uh, um, due to the rise in in state grant spending for fiscal 2024 uh, that Jack mentioned um, a moment ago, Uh, but overall, it's it's a very stable budget. Um, Their their sources um, and uses are, are in really good shape. They're actually Showing a surplus currently of about 27,000 dollars. And we'll take any questions you might have.
1: Uh, Commissioner Stevenson.
4: No, I don't have any questions. I just would love to highlight that, you know, when there's stable funding sources, everything (laughs) flows through easily. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
3: just always in my mace. How many, how each department different like priorities and we've been doing all this is quite amazing. I have to say, you guys did a great job.
1: Back to you,
8: right. I think I will, will highlight just uh, because Commissioner Stevenson brought up stable funding. Uh, there, we are trying to make our best projection for what we historically have received from uh, the refuse rate because there is a new refuse rate application process that's underway right now and that will be completed in October. It is essentially an assumption until that uh, rate is approved and adopted in October. So it
0: could possibly impact what you're seeing here. But uh, at this point, we don't, we don't know. It's a good reminder. Thank you No further questions.
1: Yes, no, no okay. questions. Please we'll
0: go. hand it over to
7: outreach.
5: Again, commissioners, Um, again, I'm Jennifer. I'm the senior marketing communication strategist and the current acting outreach manager. Next slide please. Uh, So, the goal of the outreach program is to promote the department's environmental programming to foster public awareness and participation in our policies and initiatives. The program includes direct public outreach, including environmental education to K through 12 schools and traditional communications, such as web graphic design and social media. Next slide please. Uh, Here you will see the outreach program organizational chart. Um, When we are fully staffed, the outreach program consists of 27 full time employees, and we currently have 7 vacancies. Uh, the outreach program consists of um, a few sub teams, including the communications team, the community engagement, marketing and data team environment. Now, environment, environmental education team, and we have a racial equity coordinator. Next slide please. Um, as you can see here, we have several funding sources. However, similar to um, the Zero Waste team, the vast majority of our funding comes from the Refuse Impound account. And in terms of constraints, um, the work that we do is largely guided by where our funding sources are coming from. Next slide. So, we've outlined 8 priorities for the outreach program. 1st, as you heard Stephen Wilson talking about at the beginning of this meeting, we want to modernize the department's website, which hasn't been updated since 2012 to uh, meet accessibility standards and language access ordinance requirements. We want to continue to partner with teachers on environmental education projects. We will lead the Racial Equity Action Plan implementation. And we want to strategically align um, our community partners for, for further engagement. Next slide, please. Uh, currently, SF Recycles is geared towards a residential audience, and we want to expand that for businesses. We want to continue to promote and implement Bay Red Bay business and residential programs. And we want to provide financial and technical assistance to food businesses to support a transition from disposables to reusable serviceware for on-site dining in San Francisco. And lastly, we want to launch a multilingual household food waste reduction campaign uh, for San Francisco residents. And with that, I will pass it to Joe.:
10: Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, So the outreach budget, um, again, is is relatively stable on the expenditure side, increasing by about 2% overall, uh, where we see, uh, we do see a significant reduction in the non-personnel services category, uh, which is due to a transfer of a CalRecycles grant from outreach to zero waste to better reflect the work that's being done under the grant. Uh, the outreach deficit is currently about 278,000 dollars and is again, mainly due to, to the add back funding going away. Uh, Happy to take any questions.
0: I don't have any question Commissioner. Uh, Apparently, I think we could no, but we had no questions. Okay, and I will turn it over to me. And uh, just a quick
2: reminder, too. I think we have Commissioner Wall still with us, who's welcome to participate as well.
3: Oh, I apologize for that. Um, Commissioner, what do you have
1: questions for this specific session, or you have it overall?
16: I'm fine, thank you.
1: Thank you.
10: Okay, so uh, administration. Uh, Next slide, please. So the uh, administrative team provides technical support to department staff, including administrative assistance related to budget and finance, accounting, IT, contracting, grants, administration, office management, and human resources. Next slide, please. Uh, we um we have an, we have an FTE count. Uh we have 12 uh team members and, and currently we have two vacancies, so one at the deputy director level and one as a um uh a uh, goodness, a administrative analyst. Uh we are in several categories here. So we have three FTEs in the accounting and budget in and, and fiscal side. Um, we have an FTE in personnel and payroll. Uh, one FTE reception and, and HR, and uh, we have one FTE at reception and office manager. Uh, we have three contracts and grants personnel, and we have two uh, people at uh, uh, in in our
7: IT
0: group. Uh, next slide, please. So, admin is funded um,
10: exclusively by indirect um, that's charged out for for the support that we provide to the programs um, and So the, the funding sources that we have. You know, by way of the revenue that comes in is from the refuse impound accounts and from non uh, impound indirect funds, uh, the constraints that we have are are mainly Uh, Fully recovering budgeted indirect, and again, the limited use of impound fees. Next slide, please. So some of the main priorities that administration has uh, in the next fiscal year uh, is to continue to provide comprehensive and timely administrative support to department staff, to strengthen uh, the internal processes and training resources for staff, uh, update our employee manual, Uh, to develop and implement staff surveys so that we can measure engagement and
7: and implement feedback. Next slide, please. Uh,
10: Also to uh, continue the implementation implementation of the controller's accounting audit recommendations, Um, explore desktop to laptop transition, and to begin uh, the OneDrive and SharePoint migration for, for staff. Um, Next slide, please. Uh, So, on the administrative budget, the first thing I want to point out is that this slide is for information purposes only. Uh, All the expenditures and revenues that you see here are incorporated into the individual program budgets as indirect. This slide is simply to show where the indirect charge to programs is utilized. Uh, That said, the uh, admin's expenditure budget is very stable year over year. Um, Our FTE count remains the same, and our overall budget is increasing by 3%. We currently have a small deficit of about $26,000. I think where you see a material difference is in the revenue sources year over year, and this is because of how indirect is calculated for the department. Because our indirect is calculated by FTE, the ratio is affected by changes in the number of FTEs that are funded from Refuse impound versus non refuse impound sources. Uh, the overall revenue number is the same, but we currently, um, you know, it can change year over year in terms of how that that total dollar amount is split between, uh, refuse impound and non refuse impound sources. And with that, I can take any questions on administration. Uh,
3: can I ask what is the total FTE for the whole department environment?
10: Uh, currently the the FTE count is, I believe it is 90 um, .90. 97.90. I'm sorry. Current is in 2023 or for next fiscal year.
9: Well,
3: I'm just trying to do relative to things like the FTE for the administrative department. Is at a good ratio to support the
10: whole department? So, Uh, okay. So, so in this current fiscal year, we have 96.6 next fiscal year Um, 97.9 and. If we count the 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 environment now, uh, FTEs, that goes to 102.9 uh, for next fiscal year.
3: So it's about 10% of the staffing is administrative support then.
10: Uh, about maybe 15%, 17%, right around there.
1: Thank you.
3: Um, sorry, Commissioner Award. I'm really sorry I didn't know you raised your hand Of first, so I would like to extend and see if you have any questions for this category, especially. Uh, Commissioner Ward, do you have any question for this category?
16: Uh, sorry, uh, Commissioner Wan. Uh, no, I do not. Thank you for asking.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Stevenson. Nope, I'm good. Thanks. Great. Now uh, back to you, Jack. Uh, Joe.
10: Great, and I will hand it uh, back to uh, um, uh, oh, oh, to Charles. Uh.
11: Charles, yes. Thank you, Joe. Um, Hello, commissioners, Charles Shan, chief policy and public affairs officer. Uh, next slide, Kyle. Um, I will note that um, the policy and public affairs team, um, our budget is kind of um, within the administration's budget. And so um, uh, there's no budget document at the end of my presentation, but we thought it was important enough to talk about what it is that we do and what our priorities are. Um, so, as you know, we do oversee policy development, uh, intergovernmental relations, which is working with the board, working with the mayor's office, other city departments. All things related to press, which is both proactive and reactive press, um, incoming and outgoing grant processes. Um, you know, Sean has uh, been a member of this team. Um, she has retired, but she's going to be back on prop F and then uh, and then. After that, we are um, trying to hire a new 5642 to fill her shoes. Um, in addition, we obviously do commission affairs form 700 filings, which you hear from us on and uh, gift compliance. Next slide, please. Uh, we have a small team, um, 1, uh, commission affairs officer, um, 2 policy staff members and uh, 1 grant development technical writer. And then, of course, myself. Next slide, please. Um. Our goals, um, our priorities are fairly straightforward. We want to assist the program areas with policy development and, and implementation. they come up with great ideas based on research, how we can reduce our emissions, reduce um, our waste. And we wanna make sure that um, they get through the board of supervisors that we work with the mayor's office so we can pass new policies and implement them. Secondly, as was brought up earlier in this uh, um, presentation, I think there was a question, you know. Um, since the grant um, uh, position resides in my team, we are looking um, at securing um, Inflation Reduction Act grant funding that is coming from the federal government. Um, and we want to continue to lead kind of the department's incoming and outgoing grant strategy and to work with other city departments on potential um, federal and state grants. Um, this year, one of our main priorities is to increase proactive press outreach. Um, we certainly uh, react to press a lot. Um, and we want to increase the number of times that we are approaching press as opposed to the opposite. And, um, and finally, we want to continue to support uh, ethics compliance here at the department, anything um, that came out of the controller's report and anything in that area. Um, I, as I noted, there is no budget slide here, so I'll pause to see if anyone has any questions. Uh, I don't
1: Commissioner Ward. No, uh,
3: Commissioner Stevenson. No, nope. thank you. I think we can continue
11: our discussion. Yes, I think the next, um, um speaker is, um, our acting director, Tyrone. Jiu. Charles, all right, the uh, next
8: couple of slides are going to talk over, uh, and discuss our additional ask that we are making for the next fiscal year. Next slide. The way that we grouped our priorities is similar to what we shared with the commission uh, the other month. We're grouped around 3 different priority areas 1. Which was already reflected in all of the budgets you've seen so far, uh, which is to ensure that we have enough resources to retain all of the existing staff. At the current levels, uh, to ensure we don't have to do any layoffs or any sort of, uh, cutbacks in terms of staff time. 2nd bucket is around. The additional resources uh, that some of which we received through this last ad back. To fund, you know, other sorts of professional services, as well as grant programs and other climate action activities, uh, which we advanced this year. And to also add on to that uh, to continue building upon our work. The last bucket is around ordinance implementation, uh, which I'll go over specifically, uh, which is in reference to
9: Supervisor Melgar's ordinance around gas-powered landscape equipment and the ban on that. So, next slide. So, the slide you see here uh, is 1.8 million in personnel. The number that you saw
8: earlier was actually reduced to about 1.56. Uh, the reason for that variance is exactly for what we said we would do when we got the additional staff, which is we would go out there and see how we could bring in additional grant resources into the department. Thanks to our work securing additional state grants, our ask is no longer 1.8 million to keep the personnel, but now 1.56. So as we always say, we take the resources that we get within the department and we leverage that to bring in additional outside resources from both the state and federal government and other sources. That said, we still need to fully fund the position in order to keep these positions viable. So, while in the case of, you know, focus on the clean transportation manager, we've managed to cover eighty percent of that position's funding through this state grant. We still have a twenty percent gap, um, which needs to be filled. And so, the one point five six million that we're requesting in this category, and you know, is really kind of the anchor. Ensures that we can retain the service level of those six, roughly six FTEs that you saw previously on Joe's slide, working on decarbonization of buildings, healthy ecosystem programs, clean transportation, and our support services on the administrative side
0: uh, in order to advance all of our program policies and goals. Next slide. Here's the breakdown that you saw earlier uh, from Joe's slide showing those FTEs that are funded through that general fund. Request. Next slide. Uh, this slide
9: shows what we would want to request in terms of maintaining the
8: existing funding or the funding that we received from the ad back last year. In addition to what additional support we would ask for, uh, to continue building upon our staffing levels, which are currently inadequate in order to implement the Climate Action Plan. So, the dollar amounts you see here are 2.6 million. Again, to allow us to continue with the, for example, Climate Grant Program, which we announced a few months ago and we are set to bring before to the Commission for award in the coming months, as well as to support the professional services, the technical analysis, the data dashboard analytics. Are required to actually uh, advance our climate action plan. And the 900,000 for additional staffing or support is just that, is to continue building
9: upon additional staff around the commercial building decarbonization work that we want to
0: advance in the coming year. Next slide. Third bucket of the request
9: uh, relates to an ordinance that passed a few months ago, which banned the
8: use of gas-powered lawn equipment In the city, when that ordinance moved forward and was adopted as the board, uh, our department was very clear that we did not have the resources to implement this program. Or offer the incentives or the buyback incentives in order to actually implement and successfully move this forward in the city. The estimates you see here are what we presented to the board a few months ago, as far as what resources would be needed. In order to implement this ordinance over the next 2 years. The majority of the money is used for incentives that would be used to incentivize the, the trade-in of a gas-powered lawn equipment for an electric version, with some money also uh, being allocated for
0: staffing in our Toxics Reduction and Healthy Ecosystem team to implement the program. Next slide. So I'll stop there uh, to answer any questions about our budget ask. What
8: what we do plan to do is, um, you're hearing kind of the detailed programmatic area budgets. for the operations committee meeting, or the upcoming full commission meeting where the. Budget will be considered, uh, we plan to go into even more greater detail over the specific additional asks uh. That we plan and
9: would like the commission support in making to the mayor's office during the budget process. Happy to take any questions.
1: Thank you. Um, I guess in the budget summary, you actually will show again the deficit, right?
3: Um, but I don't remember Is there 1 slide that you actually show that with the 3 different in order to meet all the 3 budget priorities you just present? Like, what is the breakdown? How much we actually ask? Like, option A, B and C. or all, uh-
1: all, all together. <laughs> Yeah,
8: it
9: would just be the
8: cumulative amount for for those three buckets. So the roughly one point one point five four million, plus the nine hundred thousand, the two point six million, then uh, the additional uh, five million in terms of the ordinance implementation. So all in all, Joe, if you want to jump in and with what my math is adding that all up. (laughs)
3: It's. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but I also want to ask, so is that also the priority will be retaining s- staffing 1st, right? And then 2nd will be the climate action plan and additional staffing support. And then the last 1 will be for, um, you, I just point out the, oh, the uh, ordinance compliance.
9: That's that's correct. Our, our priority is
8: in that order. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, we do not want to have to uh, lay any staff off. And 2, as we made clear during the last budget process to this commission to the board and to the mayor. Knowing that this was going to be 1 time funding, we knew that we still had to add staff. Like, it's not enough for us to just get. Dollars for professional services to implement the programs. We actually need the staff to implement it. And also to apply for the grants, and so that's why we chose to move forward uh, in this manner, even though we knew that it was 1 time funding. that we would have to ask this question this budget year. And see whether we can get continuing funding uh, instead of going every single year to ask for uh, a one-time funding allocation
3: and during the budget presentation from a different component you kind of talk about there's still some vacancy right but I assume a lot of those are actually grant funded we're still going forward to fill those vacancies is that correct
11: uh, so the
8: vacancies that that you saw are are the vacancies that are funded through the uh, through the ad back so
1: oh okay. those, those are those are through the
8: general fund so those six positions um Represent how much money we will need it was going to be 1.8 as I mentioned, but now it's uh, that 1.54 because we, we were able to secure the additional state resources to to fund the clean transportation program manager position.
3: I see. Oh, I thought there's some other position that currently remain vacant just because it's still in the hiring process, but those are were grant funded. So that will be go on as a plan. Not like stop hiring. Right? The, I the forgot which, which yeah. component they actually still have 7 vacancy. I forgot whether it's like so ways or other component and I think they will still go forward to hire those program staff. Right?
8: Yeah, so, so each of the, each of the vacancies that you have have a, a designated. Uh, purpose, so for the sake of the general fund ask, these would be the positions that would be tied to the general fund, the additional general fund allocation. The other vacancies that we have are all tied to the various grant, as you mentioned, the grant programs. Impound um, or other work orders from the other departments. So those range of positions are are somewhat separate than uh, this general fund ask, which there is no no funding for at the moment. All
1: right, got it. Just want to clarify, uh, Commissioner uh, Stevenson, do you have a question?
4: Um, I'm okay for now. Commissioner Wald has a question. I might I might pipe in later. Great,
0: Commissioner
3: Ward. Yeah, go ahead, please.
16: Yes, thank you. So. Um, this might be an an indiscreet question, but uh, how are or is uh, the department going to ask for this additional money? Which, of course, I completely and totally support. Um, under the circumstances given, uh, you know, the mayor's budget directives i mean i think the i think the gas powered um whatever a- appliances uh i think i think that's in a separate category and i uh actually have to say i think you i think the department handled that issue extremely well I mean, uh, but the other money how are we going to do that?
9: Great question,
8: Commissioner Wald. So we have been having conversations uh, already with uh, the mayor's budget staff. So they have been aware for several months, and so the 1.8 million that we originally had uh, is not a surprise to anyone. We we're very upfront, even right after we had our budget and add back approved, that in order to retain them for the second year, uh, we would need to ask for continuing funding. And in fact, as we go forward with Asking and hiring for positions, we have to get mayor's budget office approval in, in order to advance those positions. So we can't we can't just hire for positions. We have to ask for for permission from the budget office to show that there's a, a nexus of funding. Uh, and the co- question came up: Are you sure you want to do this, given that it's a one-time uh, source of funding? And the answer was yes, because we can't implement our program otherwise. Uh, so we've continued those conversations. Uh, what? We have to do, though, in order to submit our budget into the mayor's office and controller's office is show a balanced budget. And so we will have to show what, we are, what we're what we going to be without those positions or that general fund request. And, uh, and we've been instructed to make that request separately as far as the positions, the funding uh, that can be added back. Should the basically the mayor and uh, her staff agree to add back that funding through the budget process. So, that's the instruction we were given. So, we plan to prepare a. Memo, which will have circulated to the commission prior to the next commission meeting when you're. Scheduled to hear the proposed budget for adoption. Uh, And then accompanying that we will have the memo outlining all of the different needs. The costs and things that would be funded through the additional general fund allocation, both from the categories that you saw from. We need this in order to maintain staffing levels to. Here are all the other services and grants and things that we would like to. Advocate
9: for in order to move forward of our climate action plan.
16: So, may, may I ask a follow up uh, question commissioner Wan? So, the, the, the budget, we will actually approve will be a balanced budget. But it, it will, we will also approve the. Additional. The budget that shows the additional requests.
9: That's correct. Okay.
0: And it would it would be
9: an accompanying document that will accompany that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very helpful. Thank you.
1: Yes, Commissioner Stevenson.
4: Yeah, I mean, I know I said this in the I asked this question in the full commission meeting, but I just want to reiterate that I think that, you know, I understand that. It's impossible to drink from a fire hose that we can't, you know, like, if somebody gave us, I think I said, if somebody just dropped 20Million dollars from the sky, like, could we handle it? Um, and the answer is no, that, like, quite frankly, we have to build the infrastructure in it in order to start handling bigger numbers as we get out there and, and do the work to. Generate the additional revenue. Um, do you feel. That this budget, um meets the needs for building that infrastructure so that when that money starts coming in, once we create that source of revenue, um, do you feel that we're on the right path to be able to sort of absorb the fire hose that we all hope is going to happen and we will work to make happen.
8: Thank you for the question, Commissioner Stevenson. That I believe it puts us on the right path. Um you know one of the key hires that we are actually that's posted right now is the deputy director position, which we talked about at the last commission meeting. That position also, like, we do want to get further out ahead. So right now we are kind of incrementally making uh, additions based on kind of what our projections are and what our knowledge is of what we will need. Uh, we want to look even further out than than what we have now, to be able to show this commission kind of what what the projections are going out and how we will scale appropriately, because everything from do we have sufficient office space to, you know, do we have the sufficient admin to support whatever that growth is as. Commissioner Juan noted, is that a right ratio? What additional staff are required? What we do know is that similar to this addback back that we did receive, you know, we need these positions in place to get the IRA dollars and the, like the Inflation Reduction Act dollars that we know are coming. So while the details aren't there yet, we know that any day now they're gonna start announcing, here's what all the eligible communities are that can receive funding, here's how you need to apply. And so, if we don't have these positions in place, uh, both from what we're adding from this year, and potentially for next year, it just puts us in a, in a really bad position not to be able to advocate for those funds to bring into the city. And that's where we will be left. So, you know, I think, as I mentioned before, that the EV uh, clean transportation program manager is a perfect example where that was one FTE or one full position that was funded through last year's ad now, we only need 20% of that position now, because we did exactly what we said we we're going to do. We we're going to go get money and bring it into the city. And we were able to do that. And that's what we want to continue doing through all of the different energy programs that you mentioned, building decarbonization programs. Um, and so it's an exciting opportunity, but it's one that we have to be ready to take advantage of. So uh, to assure my answer, yes, I believe this puts us in a, a very good place over the next uh, year or two. I think over the next year, through kind of the strategic planning process with the new deputy director on board, I think you're going to be in an even better place uh, to be able to project out what that growth trajectory will be for the department.
4: Yeah, I think thank you for that answer. I think that the EV example that you just gave is really clear and to the point, and does a great job of illustrating the the circumstances. So I think it's a great one to even include as a slide in what we're talking about from a budgeting perspective. It's a great example.
0: we'll do that for the the commission meeting next next month for sure.
1: Thank you, both Commissioner Ward, commissioner Stephenson. We good to
3: uh, go move forward to the budget summary page.
8: Now, I'll turn it back to Joe.
10: Thank you. Um, next slide. Uh, so, uh, wanted to end this, um, with another, um, you know, slide that that represents, uh, the current um operating budget summary for fiscal 2024 uh you know as you see here that the total change year-over-year is is six percent with about five percent being in salaries and and benefits and indirect and that's about in line with with colas and some other changes we've made you'll see the biggest increase of course is in grants and that represents new um grant uh spending that we're doing in the next fiscal year um this is kind of intended to to kind of tie in all the kind of larger variances that we were seeing in all of the, the, the the individual programs just to show that uh, overall, um, you know our budget is increasing by about six percent and, and, and a large part of that six percent is from new grant funding that we've received. Uh, we are still um, obviously uh, in a position where we have a 1.67 million dollar deficit. Uh, that we are, of course, going to to be addressing um, between now and the time we submit, and uh, certainly um, thereafter, as, as needed, uh,
0: and I am happy to take any final questions anyone might have. Uh, I do not have any other question,
3: Commissioner Ward or Commissioner Stevenson.
1: Any other questions
0: I I do have to say, I really appreciate this presentation.
3: It really brings in the whole department like key leadership staff who come here to explain to us about the budget. But program party, and also looking at it from a budget perspective, it doesn't give me another level of understanding about how the whole department works. A lot of um, credits to you all to make this possible. Um, so I really appreciate that. I know we're going to have this presentation again at the full commission meeting uh, next month. So thank you so much. Uh, if there's no
1: further discussion, we can open it up to public comment.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. you all.
0: Thank you. Just 1 moment, Commissioner members of the public who wish to make a public comment on
2: this item should now dial star 3 to be added to the speaker queue. For those already on hold in
0: the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no callers in the queue. Public comment on this item is closed. Thank you.
3: Thank you everybody again. Uh, next item, please.
2: Thank you, Commissioner. And just one
0: moment while I update our panelists. Thank you, Commissioner Warren. Thank you for your patience. The next item is. And Kyle, was. if you want to click with
8: item
9: 5 for possible action, just-,
0: just double checking. Um, yes, it was for discussion and possible action.
1: Uh, is there any action item that we have to approve this in order to go to the full commission to
3: review?
11: Yeah, we just may want to reopen that item since we missed the possible action. Um, I think the, what we do traditionally, um, and what's listed here is. We kind of approve, um, this moving forward to the commission and, you know, the commission approves it so forth. So we're like a preliminary approval. That's what the, the motion is. That's what the action is.
8: But there's no, I don't think there's any requirement that there has to be a vote taken on this. So the item would still come before the. Commission, regardless, it just didn't have an, an official vote.
11: That's correct. It is possible action. Um, so we don't have to take action and we would still bring it in front of the, uh, in front of the commission.
3: So, what is the final recommendation?
9: I mean, I, I would recommend just just doing just that.
1: Okay. okay. But you need we mean, no no need for possible action we're going to be on it yeah. regardless right so we can move we don't on have to vote on
12: this right because the full commission is going to have to vote on this
8: at the, at the next meeting um, unless you felt compelled that you wanted to do a, a positive affirmation or recommendation but you know there's information which is still going to change potentially going into the full commission meeting so i'd probably recommend just uh, making sure we present everything as
9: a whole package um, month.
1: yeah i'm fine with that and i saw commissioner stevenson's okay with it, so let's move forward
9: Thank
2: you, Chair Wong. The next item is Item 6, Presentation and Update on the Draft 2022 Commission Annual Report. The speaker is Kyle Lehner, Commission Affairs Officer. The explanatory document is the 2022 Commission Annual Report Draft. This item is for discussion. Um, so, thank you, Commissioners. As you know, there is a statutory obligation that the Commission prepare an Annual Report. The report serves as a record of the Commission's activities and achievements over the previous year and can help us set the stage for the year ahead. So I'm going to go through the report page by page. If you have any questions, please let me know. If you have any questions at the end, let me know. Uh, Before we get started, however, I do want to thank uh, Commissioner Wald, who has once again lent us her time and her keen eye for detail in helping us proofread the draft report, something we very much appreciate. So
0: Just one moment while I go ahead and share my screen again. so here's the draft annual report for 2022 the structure of the
2: report is somewhat standard from year to year even as the content evolves over time Uh, this is a draft and there's an opportunity for additional edits and changes uh, between now and when the full commission reviews the report next month Uh, compared to the previous annual report for 2021 we were able to include more photographs from commission meetings and other in-person events which we're very happy about Something we've struggled with a little bit is that we still do not have a photo of all uh, seven current commissioners together. Uh, since the commission returned to in-person meetings last March, we've had at least um, one commissioner um, at each of our meetings who is either disused or who participate remotely for COVID-19 related reasons. And so we are keeping our fingers crossed that we'll have all seven commissioners together for one of our early 2023 meetings. Uh, and we're certainly going to make uh, getting a group portrait a priority. Um, And as you'll notice later in the report, we do have five commissioners whose terms are set to expire this year. uh, And we just want to make sure that we're going to be able to get a portrait of the commission in its current iteration. So, here we have the letter from the commission president. Since there were no appointments or reappointments to the
0: commission in 2022, uh, we're omitting the traditional section on appointments. Uh, Funding the Climate
2: Action Plan implementation was a major focus of the Commission in 2022, and it's something that we
0: highlight here. It's also a focus of President Ahn's letter. Among the Commission milestones that we
2: highlight in the report, we detail the Commission's work on the Environment Department Director of Recruitment Process. We also detail the Commission's focus on CAP implementation uh, and kind of the status of key implementation steps in the CAP. At last month's meeting, the Commission also heard a presentation on laying the foundation of a future reusable foodware policy for on-site dining, something we expect to be a priority in 2023, so we highlight it here. We've highlighted the Commission's focus on overseeing the implementation of recommendations from the controller's preliminary assessment and strengthening oversight of department processes around contracts and grants. Uh, We also spotlight racial equity work and the department's branding refresh
0: um, items the commission considered at its September meeting. We've included a demographic summary of the commissioners and a summary of uh, commission terms. Since the
2: composition of the commission didn't change in 2022, this will be the same data that had been featured previously in the 2021 report. We also recap
0: the activities of the committees, including the ad hoc committee overseeing the director recruitment process. We also
2: detail the recipients of the Environmental Service Awards, Um, and we're very happy, too, that we
0: were able to get several portraits of the commissioners with the awardees this year. This is a legislative summary for the full commission for 2022. Um, And commissioner Ahn is also, uh, as we like to say, our artist in residence. And
2: we're very delighted to feature some of his artwork in our report once again, here at the end page. Uh, And we also appreciate the commissioners making some of their photos from the previous year available. It helps us make the report um, a little bit more presentable and a little more personal. So this is the draft report for 2022. I will pause now and see if there are any questions.
1: Uh I think it looks
3: great, especially this artwork. I always appreciate like President Anne's like artwork. Very talented. Um Commissioner Stevenson, do you have any question?
4: No, I just really appreciate all the work that went into it. I know that it's a heavy lift every year to pull it all together. So I appreciate it.
3: It's a good reflection, too.
1: <laughs> so, if there's no further discussion, let's open up to public comment.
0: Thank you, commissioners. Just one moment. Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now dial star three to be added to the queue. For those already on hold in the queue, please continue to wait until the director to speak. And seeing no calls in the queue public comment on this item is closed.
1: Great. Uh, next item, please.
2: Thank you. Chair. The next item is item 8 new business future agenda items. The speaker is Charles Sheehan, chief policy and public affairs officer. This item is for discussion.
11: Thank you, Kyle. Good evening, commissioners. Um, the next, uh, commission meeting is scheduled for February uh, 6. Um, we're having some issues getting a room at city hall, and so it is likely that we're going to try and have that commission meeting the next day on February 7th. So be on the lookout for that. Um, the next policy meeting is on the 13th of February. And the next operations meeting is. April 19th, um, for that meeting, we are look at, we are looking at potentially bringing to you a, um presentation on how the reuse campaign went that was launched last year, um, as well as an update on our Yerba Boyne Island and Treasure Island Biodiversity Partnership with the uh, Treasure Island Development Authority, and perhaps one or two other topics as well. Um, I'll pause to see if there are any questions. Do you
3: not have a question? I see Commissioner Stevenson also had no questions, so let's open to public comment. Thank you. though.
2: Members of the public who wish to make a public comment on this item should now press star 3 to be added to the queue.
0: For those already on hold the queue, please continue to wait until it is your turn to speak. And see no callers in the queue, public comment on
2: this item is closed.
1: Great next item, please.
2: The next item is item 9, adjournment. The meeting is adjourned. The time is 7.02 p.m. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you. Great information. Thank you so much. Hi,
0: everybody. See everyone. See you next week. <laughs>